Well, welcome to the Cowboy Connection podcast. This is our first official episode uh, that we're going to be publishing. Uh, my name's Kevin Cooley, Matitsi, Wyoming. I'm the director of Cowboys with a Mission here. I'm joined today with uh, my good, uh, some good friends, Bill Plouffe from Grass Range, Lewistown, Montana, that area. Bill pastors a church in Grass Range. Tad Torgerson from uh, over there in Miles City, Montana. And uh, J.R. Vizane from Melstone, Montana. So we're on the on the computer together right now. And uh, we just uh, uh, figured we'd, we'd get this thing kicked off. Give you a, a brief history as we, uh, as we start this podcast. We sat down at uh, our Becoming Champions Rodeo Bible Camp one evening and, and began to talk about uh, something that was on my heart. And I felt like the Lord led me to call it a cowboy connection ministry and uh, uh, the point of it's to create a safe place for cowboys from every everywhere from every walk of life to come and experience intentional and that's a key word intentional godly mentorship accountability influence and, and relationship through connection uh, one of the things I think we all agree on is that uh, men in general especially cowboys whether it's ranch cowboys business, Owners, uh, rodeo cowboys have a hard time uh, really just opening up and, and, and uh, doing business with their struggles, doing, doing uh, uh, getting advice, counsel, and, and every, every other thing. So uh, uh, we kind of began this process over a year and a half ago, and, and uh, here we are with our first uh, official podcast. So welcome, guys. appreciate you joining me tonight. How's everyone doing? I'm doing good. Good to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Beth, thank you. So we'll go ahead and start. Uh, uh, just kind of open it up, boys. Uh, why don't you tell a little bit about why you think, uh, uh, why you feel like you're called to, to participate in this little, this uh, little ministry we got going, this Cowboy Connection ministry. Jr., you're first on my list up there. What do you think? Uh, I'll start off. I think. Uh... I just in the last couple of years, um, it's been really heavy on my heart to uh, step up and be more bold in my faith and 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 reaching out to more people sharing the gospel. So I think it's really important for me to take a big, uh, big leap of faith and a big step and and work on being, Thanks, Kevin. being bolder. And I think this is a great way to um, reach out and get a vast majority of people and the more followers we get uh, to be able to reach a lot of people and just share the love of Jesus and how important he's been in my life and hopefully inspire and encourage others along the way uh, to come to know Jesus. And I think this is a great way, especially in the year of 2020, a great year to start it, uh, because I think our nation as a whole, our world as a whole, and the United States as a whole is in dire need of knowing who God is and knowing who Jesus is and, and knowing, knowing that we can all be saved and go to heaven no matter what crisis comes our way, no matter what hardships come our way. And I just think this is a great opportunity for people to log in and get some inspiration and encouragement and Glad to be a part of it with you guys. Awesome. Hey, Bill, what about Tad? Can you hear me? I can. Okay. 
Bill, what about you? Yeah, you know, I guess you and I kind of talked about it before it even really started rolling, but being a pastor in a small town and a, a small congregation, a lot of times you don't feel like you got much of a outside support network. Um, we're, we're a non-denominational church and, you know, I'm a firm believer that the word of God tells us that we're supposed to have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers speaking into our lives and speaking into our congregations. And so this was a way for us to come together, all having uh, some of those gifts and callings that we can bring to each other. Um, just there again, um, safe place to go and be encouraged by other men, uh, men that have a lot of the same mindset and understanding of the culture we live in and just really challenge each other that way and continue to grow um, ourselves spiritually and and uh, reach out to others to draw them towards Christ and you know and then I guess the other thing I would think of is you know just really um, as I was sharing at church today I spend a lot of my time in an environment where there's a lot of ungodly people having the heart of an apostolic evangelist. I spend more time around the lost than I ever do the saved, except for at home and a couple hours I'm at church. And so, you know, you definitely always need them people that are there for you. Um, I guess you could almost say in a way a safety net for you at times, but also people to ask you the hard questions. How you doing? You know, how's life? Um, Because as much as we're out there to influence the world, sometimes the world can influence us if we're not careful. And so I really think that having a network of strong Christian men around us that uh, can challenge us and hold us accountable and encourage us and be there for us is an important part of a life um, in a, in a Western cowboy culture. There you go. That's good. That's good. Tad, how about you? Well, uh, I actually gave my life to, to the Lord at a, at a cowboy church service at the National Little Britches Finals a Rodeo many, many years ago. And uh, uh, when I was about 14 years old and I came home and had really no support uh, in my new walk in faith. And ever since that time, I've just had really had a hard for uh, particular people that are business. And um, I just think it's so important. You know, I, I, I lived that life, tried to live my life as a Christian all the time that I was rodeoing and uh, never really had that connection with other, other believers. And it was a really, it was really hard. It was a struggle. Uh, as Bill said, uh, you know, out there trying to influence people for the Lord and, and a lot of times I found myself being influenced more by the world and subway uh, deal. Um, I was really interested in that. Um, you know, we've, we've been involved in different kinds of cowboy ministry and, and uh, rodeo Bible camps and, and I just love it all. And uh, I just have a real strong desire and my heart's really called towards uh, young rodeo uh, kids and young adults, and uh, to see, um, just to see them be able to first uh, de- 
uh, enter into a relationship with the Lord and then have a group of people around them to encourage them and support them and to help them along the way. And um, I found out that even, even as you get older, uh, you still need that. Uh, it's so it's so critical to have people on believers. And the, the it's hard sometimes to kind of live in the cowboy culture and, and shine that light for the Lord. And uh, I just think this is a great avenue to to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. I appreciate that, guys. So, so I made a list of of scripture verses that have have just influenced me, inspired me, especially as I felt the call uh, of, of mentorship and, and, uh, and influence, intentional influence, um, you know, accountability. Uh, I've just, two of the, the most significant passages, I'm going to read off to you guys and just, just kind of hear what you guys, you know, how those two passages resonate with you. But, you know, one of the things I've found personally as I, as I, as I do this is, is the, the most difficult thing in this, this world of, of, of influence and, and, and intent is intentionality. You know, oftentimes we get busy, we forget to call, we forget to check on our people on the people that we're mentoring or we're being mentored by. Cause one of the things I think is most important is not only do we have a Paul in our life, but we've got Timothy's in our lives as well. We've got to be pouring out what's being poured into us, you know, and, and, and I think we all agree on that. But uh, the two of the most powerful passages to me, Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Uh, Bill, I'm going to ask you to speak on that here in just a second. Uh, the other ones, therefore, uh, uh, James 5, 16, therefore confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And, uh, and both of those passages are so huge uh, to me, so powerful to me to, to help me kind of get over my pride, my arrogance, my ego, my, t- my so-called toughness. I found it, it's, it's, it, I have to be way tougher to confess my sins to one another than, than I have to be to hide my sins. Uh, but Bill, Talk a little bit about that Proverbs 27 passage, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you really think about, you know, I mean, just what a what a great picture of, you know, iron sharpening iron, um, you know, as man sharpens uh, a friend or man sharpens man. You know, really a lot of times when you sharpen iron, sharpen something of iron, uh, you know, there's usually some robbing or some striking and he it goes on, I think about, you know, uh, um, just the idea of, you know, building a sword or something, you know, oftentimes they'll heat the metal and they'll strike, strike the metal with a hammer, which is another piece of iron. And oftentimes it's struck against an anvil. So there's definitely some, some shaping going on, some tension going on there at times. And really there's some discomfort. I mean, there's absolutely, you know, if you think about really sharpening each other and challenging each other as men, there's, definitely uh times of of discomfort you know it's uh and sometimes i think we well, as as uh um i've been told by some friends of mine at times that you know oftentimes we think the gospel is more of a marshmallow a lot of sweetness and fluff and really the reality is is the true gospel 
uh, the true word of God, if you really look at it and you get down to the grassroots of it or the, the depths of it, it's, uh, there's definitely a lot of challenge to it. There's definitely, it's not for the faint of heart. And so, you know, this idea of uh, iron sharpening iron or we sharpen each other is, you know, it's bringing that place of accountability to each other, um, you know, truly asking the hard questions and, and truly confronting the issues that we see in each other's life. Um, there again, obviously, as the scripture tells us, we better get the plank out of our own eye before we try to get the speck out of our brother's eye. But by doing that, I think that really helps us to, you know, look at ourselves first and foremost and what's going on in our lives. Um, you know, and then, like I say, challenging each other, challenging each other to become somebody sharper than we were prior to, uh, you know, the last time we had an encounter with each other. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I've noticed with, as I reflect on that passage, you know, iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another is oftentimes uh, you got to really want it. You got to really want that sharpening, you know, because it, like you said, it does cause friction. It does cause a little discomfort. And a lot of times men run away from that. Have you guys experienced that when you, when, when someone invites you into their life to help sharpen them and you, 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 engage in that a lot of times men will run away from that what do you think i think it's a definitely a pride thing um we have a especially in the western culture we have a hard time i guess me myself you have a hard time understanding that it's okay to not be okay. And we just try to put on this macho tough guy. I can do anything by myself type attitude. So when you open that up and then you have your other iron or your partner or your brother in Christ or your friend or whatever, tell you to knock it off and quit being a dummy. You have to really approach it with an unoffendable heart because if you have too much pride, you get, it's easily to get offended by yeah. even your closest friends. You know what I mean? When, but it was no different in the rodeo world. Like we traveled four, four guys to a group most of the time, three or four guys to a group most of the time. And we s surrounded ourselves with like guys that were, had the same goals, had the same values, had the same idea on winning. And we all rode different. So whenever one guy would win, the other guy wouldn't, you'd all get back to the van and ask, well, what, what do you guys think? And you had to approach that with an unoffendable heart. Cause if they tell you, Hey man, you rode like crap. That's why you were only 75 points. If you, if you, if you had too much pride, you'd say it would cause friction within the group. But if as a traveling group, we do approach it with an unoffendable heart and an open mind and we can take that off of each other. Hey, man, I just noticed from the outside looking in, looks like when that horse dropped out of there, it rocked you away from your hand, your feet got a little tight, blah, 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 blah. And you'd say, okay, yeah, great, appreciate it. And then go on to the next one or maybe fix some gear or whatever it was. And it's no different in the, in the Christian walk. You have to approach those situations. When you let somebody in, you have to approach that as a situation with an unoffendable heart so that you can, you can accept the, somebody trying to pull the speck out of your eye 
and and mm-hmm. and fix the problem and and get back in the word and search for the spirit and 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 get the problem fixed and accept the prayer that we need to to change you know what i mean yeah how about you ted well i think you know part of it is just as you guys have already said i mean the the cowboy culture i mean there's you you know, everyone kind of puts on this mask of this tough guy, John Wayne kind of image. And, um, and I think it gets down and, you know, um, being tough is, is a character that, that we admire it kind of in our culture, which is great, uh, which is, you know, something that we should admire, but there comes a time when we just need to be real with each other and we serve a very real God. And, uh, um, you know, if you look back through the heroes of faith that it talks about in Hebrews, um, that list of people, they did some pretty terrible things. Uh, you look at, at David and what he did with, with Bathsheba and, and um, uh, Abraham even lied several times about who Sarah was. And, and they, they had some real struggles and they didn't do everything right all the time. And uh, scripture says that, that, uh, that God said that about David, that he was a man after his own heart. And so I think it's, it's really important for us to realize that there's nobody perfect and that we're going to do some really stupid things sometimes, and we're not going to be on the mark all the time. And uh, we're going to struggle with some things and we need to be real. We need to be real with each other. We need to be real with ourselves and real with God, because God sees everything that happens. He, he, he knows what we're thinking. He knows the circumstances that we're in. He knows the things that we've done wrong. And he loves us anyway, in spite of all of that. And, um, and I think it's real important, just as JR was saying, that we need to come to each other with an unoffendable heart and be real with each other. And when we're struggling with something, open up to people that you trust and um and and go the other way too when you see somebody that you know you care for and you develop that relationship with them well enough that you know that you can go to them and say hey uh you know i see something going on here i see you're struggling with something or i see that you're off track on something um being able to be real enough with them and 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 you know out of love because we care for these people and and try to and try to help them to be better and on the same token, open yourselves up to them. So when they come to you and say, hey, you know, I see that you're struggling with something um, and being able to deal with it, because that's how you get better. That's how you heal. That's right. how you uh, that's how you do things with it. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue to, to the to the James passage. James 516 says, therefore, confess your sins one to another and p- pray for one another that you may be healed. Uh, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. And, and for me, I read that and it's like, you know, as, as men, when we are keeping things in the darkness, you know, when we're shoving things into a dark closet and we let, we let each other into our lives, we, we, we let these people in, but we keep something stuffed away in the, in the dark. Um, It's hard to get, you know, healing and restoration from that, you know, when, when, when you allow Christ to shine a light on every aspect of your life and, and by doing that, you're, 
you know, confessing your sins one to another, you're, you're allowing Christ to shine his light into every corner of your, of your house. Um, you know, it, it's, it's amazing. It's powerful. It's restorative in our life and the freedom that comes from it's amazing. Uh, and, and so uh, I read that passage and I go, you know, it's, it's hard, it's tough, but if we will take the scripture seriously, we will commit to relationship with a band of brothers, which that's my terminology. Um, the freedom that comes from that's incredible. What do you think guys? I got a quick question just to you guys. What last time you admitted to your friend, hey, I've been sinning. And Say, I that one more. For this sin. Say that one more time, JR. I just had a, just a question come to me. Um, when's the last time you guys admitted to your friend, hey, I've been sinning, man, and I need some prayer for this sin? Um, you know, I think in this setting right here, it wasn't that long ago that I called Bill on the phone and, uh, and confessed, uh, you know, some, some anger issue. I had some, a particular way I treated my wife, um, based on something that wasn't, that wasn't that long ago. Um, just a, a few months ago was the last time I had something major. Now, on top of that, you know, it's a regular conversation around my house with my wife. We have our, our morning talk times. So me and my wife are, you know, we have some really good conversation every morning over a cup of coffee at six. And so, you know, as we process our irritation or frustration or judgment of somebody our bitterness or our unforgiveness around here at Cowboys with a mission um, that's a pretty frequent conversation when we get upset with each other when we rub each other the wrong way um, it's pretty it's a pretty standard conversation that we have around here and uh, so for me personally the last time I reached out to to one of my to my band of brothers it was Bill just a couple months ago uh, and it, it involved how I was treating my wife over an issue. How about you other guys? Uh, I think, you know, well, I know Kevin, I've thrown them back at him too and stuff, but I guess, you know, I just, as you sit here and think, and you know, I don't know that I've ever, what I would call open the whole can, can of worms kind of a deal, but uh, it definitely, you know, I, I guess, you know, to, to not digress from what you asked there, JR, but I, I, as I've read the scriptures over the last, 19 years now um back in november when i got saved and you know i and and i think the challenge i've seen with a lot of the scriptures is a lot of it's been almost put up on the shelf as as it's, it's the past or it, it doesn't apply today or hasn't been lived out like it needs to and so and i think too is there's always you know for myself i think others it's easy to get a little bit guarded, a little bit guarded or a lot guarded in the aspect of, you know, um, you definitely have to have a pretty devoted trust to somebody to open the can of worms up to them. You know, um, you know, I, um, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, 
prayer request in certain settings becomes more of what's going on in the community than it is, you know, truly how do we help each other. And so, you know, I, I can't say that it's as frequent for me as it probably should be, but it's definitely something that, you know, I've reached out to. I know Kevin and I over the years have built this kind of a relationship, and I couldn't give you an exact date, but... Uh, it know, wasn't that long ago. Yeah, but, but I guess also it's probably something that I would say for myself probably needs to be more frequent. You know, yeah, I sometimes yeah. didn't... I know I like myself. I was just thinking today just in the midst of a lot of things going on in life, and sometimes I just kind of think of the old white snake song like a drifter here i go again walk, walk this lonely road by myself or however that song goes you know and and i know that's not the, the right attitude to have but sometimes i think i can kind of get that attitude that you know here i go again all by myself and and it's sometimes choice i know it's choice that i'll i'll get kind of like that at times but yet it's not the choice that god has for me yeah, uh, that's that's where I was going. I was just trying to think back. Like I've had some real rock bottom moments where I've come to my Christian brothers and said, "Hey, I am really struggling." Like I guess just for my story, like when I was younger, I five or six, seven years ago, was partying a lot and drinking way too much and womanizing and just being a punk and hit rock bottom and come to come to actually. Uh, Ann and AC and Heath Ford and a few of my my Christian brothers that I drifted away from and and really admitted that and got my life turned back around the right direction and I was just thinking since then I just like you're saying Bill I put a guard up and it's very easy to ask for forgiveness to God like I pray for forgiveness every day but just as this verse tells us we need to confess our sins to each other and pray for each other so that we may be healed so i don't know that really hit home with me kevin that verse that that's something that i need to do is definitely open up and 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 ask for a prayer for even my little sins to 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 my band of brothers and and not have that guard up so i it's easy to come to your brothers and ask for hey i need help with this situation or or i'm struggling in this situation or i need physical healing this way or hey i'm broke my cars broke down i need some prayer that way i think i that's definitely an easy thing for us to do but i was just trying to think of the last time i came to a brother and said hey i'm dealing with this sin i need some prayer for that so that's definitely a challenge to me to search myself and open up more to my brothers and let iron truly sharpen iron. Yeah. Tad, how about you? Yeah, I think that's a really good point, JR. You know, I think, I think, you know, I think we're pretty good, or, I, or at least for myself, I'm pretty good about going to somebody if I'm struggling with something, like you say, if I'm, dealing with some financial issues or dealing with some family issues. But when it comes to just flat out laying it out there and, you know, talking about sin, um, that's a little harder. It's a little harder to be vulnerable enough to, and to be prideless, I guess, enough to, and when we do 
at least in my case, I try to, you know, kind of soften the blow a little bit by the words that I use instead of just saying flat out, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with something here. Uh, and, and calling sin, sin, instead of calling it a problem or calling it a situation or saying, I mean, just, just flat out calling a spade a spade. That's a little harder. Yeah. You know, JR made a really good point. It's really easy to ask God for forgiveness. Why do you suppose it's easier to ask God for forgiveness or, or, or to ask God, you know, for forgiveness for our sin? Why is it easier to do that than it is to go to confess our sin to our brother? Because God isn't human. Yeah. Right. So I, yeah. I wonder, I wonder sometimes if it's not a little bit of unbelief in us. Because I think, excuse me, go ahead, Kevin. No, you go ahead, Bill. Go ahead and respond to that. I, I think, you know, I, I, you know, definitely for me, um, you know, I, I'd li- I guess I'd like to say I have a complete and devoted trust to God. It ain't like God's going to, you know, broadcast my sin and on the big screen TV at church or something to where, you know, I think we've all been hurt by humans. It's, yeah. you know, that, uh, and, and we've all hurt others. You know, I mean, I'm not faultless in taking something that's, you know, somebody else's weakness and rubbing it back in the very wound that, you know, they opened up to me. At. And so, I think there's always that guardedness that somehow we have to learn to have a trust amongst our, our, our brothers and, and sisters in Christ. You know, it's, it's uh, easy to, you know, to keep people at arm, arm's length and not, not uh, you know, to, to not get hurt again, I guess, is what I would say. Well, and that's a perfect, that's a perfect, um, description or a perfect reason why um i think we all feel like there's value in 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 what we're what we're doing right here is is generally i i kind of wrote this sentence out and it's to create a safe place for cowboys from everywhere from every walk of life to come and experience intentional godly mentorship accountability influence and relationship through connection and and i think that um, as we build trust, we can, um, we can whack the, the iron together as, as we're, you know, and I feel like, um, you know, we've, we've been doing these monthly meetings, uh, on zoom last Sunday of every month. And, uh, I feel like we're, we're building, you know, trust with each other, Bill, you and I have been doing this a long time. Uh, Tad and Jr., you've come on uh, in in into what we're doing here in the last couple of years, and uh, and and I feel like in in this, you know, between the four of us, I feel like there's a lot of trust uh, being developed, and I feel like as the group has grown, what our last meeting, uh, Zoom meeting, we had, I think we had 11, 11 men on there, and I felt like there was some in, intentionality there. There was some honesty as we were talking about prayer requests and stuff. So, so I think that's exactly what we're, what we're shooting for here with this, uh, with this, uh, this deal. So, um, uh, yeah, it's a great conversation. And, and I hope, uh, as you're, as you're listening to this podcast and, and you're, and you're thinking, you know, 
that that's something I need. That's something I want. Um, you know, take the time and uh, and just do a little research and e even reach out. You know, you can you can uh, um, comment on the on the podcast. You can find a way of of sending an email uh, on the podcast and and uh, to the podcast and and just find out some more information. So so uh, uh, the other reason we're here tonight, guys. Is uh, is last week I, I I just felt this incredible burden, um, and and of course you know it's specifically in, in my mind it's specifically for for cowboys you know rodeo cowboys ranch cowboys cowboys in the business world and and you know everything else, but I was just kind of overwhelmed with um, with just the, the the I was I was hurting for for men that are struggling and suffering with depression and mental illness. And, and, uh, you know, with, in this season, uh, with COVID and everything else, it really is at an all time high. JR, you made an excellent point last week when I sent out the text, you also included the, the cattle market, you know, and, and, and the, the way that the cattle markets at a three year low, and, and a lot of ranchers and businessmen, feed store owners and, and everything else, buyers and sellers, all trying to, to make a living and, and provide for their families. So you, we, we've all looked into it and, and done a little research. I printed off a lot of stuff and, and all of us have, have um, dealt with, with depression or, or whatever at various levels, but none of us are experts at it at all, um, you know. Uh, I've had the opportunity to be good friends with people who've, who've suffered with depression at various levels. And, and I think we can all agree you've got depression that really is uh, spiritually based that, that, that I think genuinely can be healed uh, through Jesus Christ. I think there's also depression that, that uh, requires treatment and medication. And, and again, I'm no expert. I would never want to offend anybody or presume to be. But, uh, but we prayed about it. Four of us got together and prayed about it, prayed about, you know, the, the men out there that are struggling with this. We know that in the last couple of years, we know of a rodeo cowboy or two that's taken their life. And uh, I had a, a good friend, a rancher, who, uh, who took his life a, a, few, a couple of years ago. And, and of course, that, that hurts. That, that, uh, and he was one of those guys that just, he wouldn't talk about his problems very well. So, um, uh, just felt inclined to, 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 to talk a little bit about, about this situation and, and really just give it, get, get it out there for people to hear. And, but, uh, you know, Genesis one says that we are created in the image of God. So we have value. We're important from, conception to death we have value because god said we had value and uh, when you look at that passage that says human humanity was created in the image of god how do we talk about this this uh issue of depression and and mental illness and even the extreme of suicide and how it destroys the family um Where's the Holy Spirit going to lead us in this conversation for a little while? Well, if you don't mind, Kevin, I'll jump in and, and, 
and kind of just tag off of that whole thing that you were talking about as far as being created in the image of God. And I guess one thing I was thinking about, and I will be the first to admit that I am far from a well-studied expert in in depression. You know, I can say there's moments and times that probably even here in the last six months that I've dealt with it, I've had a lot of tragic stuff going on in my life that has caused a lot of financial hardship and really taxed my uh, livelihood and stuff in some different ways. And, you know, I mean, I'm done here in the last few, three, four days, I've been dealing with some pretty serious physical pain throughout my body and stuff. And so, you know, I mean, I, I would say that, you know, it's definitely something that, you know, knocks on my door at times, even being a pretty upbeat, jocular feller, it's easy to get wrapped up in it. But the one thing I was thinking about in all of this is uh, truly what what is being what is being said about us, um, you know, and what do what do people say about us? I believe is uh, really affects us, but also what we're saying about ourselves at times. I think definitely affects our thought process and where we're going. And so I was thinking over here in James chapter three, uh, verse eight, it says, "But no man can tame the tongue; it is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless God." Bless our, our God and Father, and with it we curse man who has been made in the in the similitude of God or made in the image of God. And so, you know, I was really thinking about that. You know, you talked about how we're made in the image of God. And and so I was just, you know, I, I've been thinking about truly what what affects my mental state. And, and you know, I, I can, I guess, use myself as the example. And, you know, it's oftentimes what's been said to me. And... And am I listening to what's being said to me? And what am I saying about myself? And then the other scripture I want to share here real quick in the midst of this is, is over here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of the mouth, but what is good and necessary for edification, that it may impart grace to the hearer. And so, you know, I just taken thinking about those scriptures and, you know, just how when... Even when I talk negative about myself and to myself, and you know, I can say what a loser I am, a dummy, what a bad choice I made. You know, I can go through all of that stuff. And really, what I am doing in that moment is cursing man who's created in the very image of God. And then, well, that, to your to your point, Bill. To your point, Bill. Sorry to interrupt. When you're cursing yourself, you're 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 cursing. According to that James passage you just read, you're cursing God. When you're cursing yourself, Absolutely. you're cursing God, you know, and, and, and that's, 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 that's influential to me. That's powerful to me. Go ahead. Go ahead and finish what you were saying. But yeah, it just, just that, you know, I mean, cause you jump over there in Proverbs and it tells us that the power of life and death is in the tongue, you know? And, and so I think that's a huge part of, you know, um, whether it's the rancher sitting out there on the ranch, scratching his head and, trying to figure out how to pay his bill because he just was on the phone with his banker that says, Hey, your notes due. Um, now what are we going to do about it? And he got off the phone with the buyer that offered him 15 cents less for his, his cattle than, than he was hoping, you know? And so uh, what kind of self-talk is he having in that moment? You know, I think that's a huge part of it or the rodeo cowboy that's trying to get up and down the road and, and, 
or and I mean the reality is is I always say I wonder if we'll ever graduate and get out of junior high because the reality is is I don't care what age it is I listen to people and how mean we can be in the things we say and it's coarse jesting a lot of times it's just coarse jesting and you think well that's no big deal but how many people go home and take that to heart and they start to believe that's who they are and so I think in that it can become that cycle of 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 then they have to figure out some method of dealing with it if they don't, you know, have, you know, what we have here, a connection of brothers to encourage each other. And I think that's where a lot of times they, it's easy for them to turn to some substance or turn to some other, other thing to try to, to mask that pain that they have in their life is, you know, and so that's kind of what I've been thinking about on this, this idea of, uh, you know, being created in the image of God. And just like you said, Kevin, that, when we start cursing ourselves or cursing somebody else, and, and, and I say that too, because one thing I, one time the Lord showed me, even an unbeliever is created in the image of God. It doesn't mean that he's living in the image of God, but he even is created in the image of God. So I think that's a huge part of it is we got to be careful what we're saying to other people and what we're saying to ourselves. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Ted, what do you think? Well, as I shared with you guys last week when we prayed about this, um, I kind of I am absolutely no expert in this either. Um, but as I shared last week, it, it's a pretty personal issue with me. Um, I've suffered from depression and anxiety for most of my life, and um, every and I want to just say I agree with everything Bill just said. Uh, um, but for me, I got to a point here recently that I felt like I was in this deep hole. And I, I don't know if I can articulate it very well, but it, it, it's just like that's the best way I can describe it. I was just so overwhelmed. I was just in this deep hole, um, just mentally, that uh, I finally, after struggling with this and trying to deal with it on my own for, for most of my life, I finally uh, reached out to the medical profession. Um, it's been about three weeks ago now, I think, and um, and got some help um, medically uh, with some medication. And all well, that was good, but we lost you, Ted. Are you still? Are you there? Can you come back in? Yeah, sorry. I, no, I, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, that was a great line of thought. Finish what you were saying. And I just want to, you know, all I can say is just my personal experience. And uh, over the last couple of weeks, I, I've, I've, I've found some healing. Um, I found that just as Bill was talking about that, I've been able to, uh, I've been able to control my tongue a little better. Uh, my self-talk has been, has been better. And uh, so, you know, again, it's just my personal experience, but I completely believe that, you know, that there's a huge spiritual component to this issue. issue. Um, but there may be a physical component to this issue, too. And, you know, I've read some of the research about multiple concussions and, and what they're finding out in athletes and others that have had a lot of concussions that this can be an issue that they that they deal with. And um, I just want to encourage anyone that's out there that is really struggling with this. Don't don't leave any options on the table. Um, 
um, you know, and don't think that you're too cool or you're, you know, you're, you, you know, that, you, that you can just cowboy up and, and get over this. Cause sometimes, uh, you know, and I'm not talking about dealing with a, with a specific circumstance that, that, you know, causes you to kind of be blue for a while. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is just a systemic uh, overall general feeling of hopelessness or um, like you're not going to be able to get out of it. And uh, if you're in that situation, I just would encourage anyone, anyone that's dealing with that to, to get the help that you need to, to, to get over it. Um, for myself, my family is the one that's, that's really suffered through this with me. And, um, and I got to the point, that's really why I went out and got the help that, that I got, um, was because I just didn't want my family to, to deal with, with the way that I was behaving any longer. And so, um, um, I, I've noticed a big difference in my life. And, uh, and uh, again, I would just encourage anyone that's kind of dealing with that to, to get the help that you need. Reach out to a friend, reach out to, to somebody that you would trust and, and get some help. JR, yeah, I'll give you the last, the last word on this for tonight. What, what, what you got stirring in you? Mine might be a little long-winded, but this is just like I was talking about before this meeting started. I think it's amazing how God works because we, we talked about this a week ago before we decided to do this podcast. And that's what you were, you gave us just a little information on what we were even going to be talking about. And you said it was going to be based off that verse being made in the image of God. So I just, whenever something came to my mind, I jotted down some notes here and mine's going to tie right in with, with bills. Um, so being made in the image of God, to me, stirred up the question of, I think a lot of depression and some of that stuff comes from identity. And so I looked up the definition of what identity means. And Webster's definition of identity is the fact of being who or what a person or thing is. So where we find our identity is very important. And if we start putting our identity in other places other than in that we were made in the image of God, then we set these standards that are very hard to reach. And I think especially in this day and age, social media has us trying to hire or change our identity. Um, I, our identity, you can change your identity easily by the clothes you wear, you change your identity by the car you drive, you change your identity. Um, however you want to put it, you, your identity can fluctuate. But what we as humans and as Christians, I believe are called to do is to put our identity in Christ. And so how do you do that? And first, one of my notes I jotted down here was just that belief, what you believe and think really matters so what you believe of yourself matters what you think of yourself matters what you hear of yourself matters what you speak of yourself matters and um just uh uh one verse that came to my mind or that that came to me uh was 
Galatians 5, 24 through 25, and it says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So as we're supposed to, as we accept Jesus as our Savior and into our heart and accept that we were made in the image of God, we need to ask the Spirit to lead us in every area of our life, including our identity. Um, John 15, 4 through 8 says, Remain in me and I will remain in you. Uh, for a branch cannot produce fruit if, if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So if our identity is in Christ, we need to remain in Christ. How do we remain in Christ? By staying in the word, by reading our Bibles, by reaching out to our band of brothers, by confessing our sins, by asking for prayer, by steadfastly staying in prayer. Um, another, another verse was uh, Colossians 3, 2 through 3 says, Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life. And your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Um, so if we, instead of thinking about our job position or our, our wealth or our earthly possessions or beings, we need, to, we need to be thinking about things of heaven. And what are the things of heaven? Well, the, if you dig into your Bible, um, God tells you how we should live our lives. It's caring for each other. It's loving your brother as yourself. Um, on the list goes on and on and on. Um, then another verse was Colossians three ten. It says to put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and He lives in all of us. Um, these are just some really powerful verses that I found on, on identity and, and putting our identity in Christ and in Jesus. Um, another note I jotted down is that our identity should be God-defined, Jesus-centered, and gospel-driven. Um, we cannot understand who we are and what our identity I, is until I, we understand who God is and what God has done for us. By giving Jesus as our Savior. Repeat that. Our identity should be that. Our, our what our identity identity should be. That's powerful. Our that's, identity, that's one of those write down ones. Our identity should be God defined, Jesus centered, and gospel driven. Um, God defined as is as in we were made in the image of God. Jesus centered as in there's no no perfect human. We all fall short of the glory of God. But Jesus came to save us and forgive us of our sins. And gospel driven that Jesus is here for everybody. Jesus is here for me if I'm depressed. Jesus is here for you if you're depressed. Jesus is, we're just broken men in a broken world serving a big God. So our identity should be found God defined, Jesus centered, and gospel driven. Um, Bill wants you to preach that in Grass Range next weekend. Sounds good. I finally got some notes on it. Um, <laughs> Another note I jotted down was identity should be simply an understanding of myself in relation to Christ and living out this gospel reality. So my identity shouldn't be coming from 
what others have on social media, what so-and-so has on Instagram, what I don't have, but so-and-so has on Facebook. My identity should be found in Christ and simply searching myself and asking God, who am I supposed to be? Asking God, what is my calling? Asking God, who do you want me to serve today? Um, our identity is more about our character and how we react in different situations, not our accomplishments, our stature, our appearance, our wealth, our occupation, or our possessions. Our identity needs to be in that we were created in the image of God. God created us for a purpose. God created us to fulfill his, our calling. We all have a story. We all have ups and downs. We all have trials. We all face tribulations. But our identity and our image should be in God and found in God. Yeah. Well, that's some powerful stuff right there, boys. Good job. I appreciate it. I'm encouraged by it. So I guess uh, I feel motivated to kind of to draw this uh, this episode to a to a conclusion by just sharing the gospel for anyone living, uh, listening to this. You know, Jesus Jesus uh, came and died uh, for for us for our sins, and and uh, as Christians, you know, we need to have a, an eternal perspective. And if if you're not if you haven't professed Jesus as Lord of your life, uh, you need to look into that. You need to, to, to consider that because if, uh, if you don't believe in Jesus, you better be right because uh, there's eternal consequences there. Jesus came um, uh, as a human, died on the cross, was resurrected for our sins. And, uh, and uh, he, he just might be calling you tonight to... Uh, uh, into his kingdom and wanting you to to declare him lord over your life there's a lot of good information out there the word of god i encourage anybody that uh, has never read the bible to start with the book of john and uh, just find out about this about this king jesus and uh guys i appreciate it i'm glad you uh, uh you joined in and and uh man this is a good conversation uh, we're going to be doing this more often, Cowboy Connection podcast. So uh, keep an eye out. Go follow us and uh, keep an eye out. See what we got going on. Uh, but we're going to be having more conversations like this. So God bless. Thanks for being a part of this.